0: when we think about um, building wealth, what we realize is that the path to building wealth is actually value creation.
1: Welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Baum.
0: Every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way real estate agents and entrepreneurs think about their business in order to become more profitable and productive. And Mike, this week, I want to disrupt the way you think about wealth building and the idea that, that wealthy people are um, either like, corrupt or that they know something that's proprietary or they've done something different in order to um, generate their wealth and that, that wealth is something that can't be had by everyone. Right. I want to disrupt the way we think about wealth by really drilling it down to the idea of first principles. Like w- what are the mechanisms in the most simple way possible for people to go out and build their own wealth? All right. And so with the, the, likelihood is this is a longer conversation, um, because if it were really easy, then someone probably would have already discussed it. And, um, not all of our listeners would, uh, would be looking for wealth building to have more We'd all be wealthy. I That's it's right. It's very
2: simple though. You just buy GameStop. <laughs> you just buy GameStop. That's
0: right. Yeah. That might work that, you know what, we'll actually talk about that as part of the thesis concept around, um, wealth building. And so, you know, first thing I think that we have to understand is that, um, anyone who says money can't buy happiness hasn't given enough money away
2: hmm. or cried in like a really nice car.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I just think about the fact that like money, one of the, one of the best things that you can do with money is actually use it to give it away. Yeah. Right. Just think about like the, um, you know, you have all these like, um, Carnegie, like libraries and, and the impact that people are are able to make bill gates whether you love him or not has been able to with his foundation create worldwide impact with um, like the eradication of polio and a number of different ways they've been able to use money to actually better humanity and and so um first we have to understand that that while yes there can be concepts or psychology around money that is unhealthy the most healthy way to understand money is that um, money can buy happiness when we give it away.
2: And on a smaller level, just so you don't have to build a library. um, Eric, I mean, you bought B-dubs for us last time we went out of town. And I'm like, I love being on the receiving end. Of your wealth journey. <laughs> <laughs> because that's true. B-dubs. It was just B-dubs. That I, was pretty easy. Simple, key. man. You don't need a library.
1: <laughs> I, I
0: actually like B-dubs better than the library. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yes. So I would rather do that. This
1: is the memorial B-dubs chicken wings from Eric Fortney. Like a <laughs> hundred right. years from now. He's giving away that's chicken right.
0: wings. That's right. And so one thing I think that we have to um, agree or understand is that... Um, for wealth building, we have to be open minded in in the way that we think about financial education. Because if the financial education that, that is popularized, whether that's your Susie Ormans or your Dave Ramsey's, really was most effective, then everyone um, would be more wealthy than they are. Yeah, right. Is that we wouldn't have a wealth problem in this country if everyone was open minded about the current state of financial education.
1: How about the wealthiest nation in the in the world have ever having a wealth problem?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a, that is a great perspective, right? We wouldn't. We talked about off air. We wouldn't have one percent of the country having any greater um, cumulative amount of wealth than the middle class combined, right? And so um, the goal is to be open minded and understand that if um, if the current state of financial education worked then there would be no reason to listen to a podcast about productivity and, and profitability. Right. And so um, I think also we have to understand that wealth building is not social signaling. It's not something where you get a trophy because you win. Now, yes, there's the this, this stupid antics of wealth building with like, Elon Musk trolling Jeff Bezos about their like one, two rankings inside of wealth building. But barring ridiculousness like that, there is actually no trophy uh, for wealth building. So wherever you are is wherever you are. There's no judgment around that. It doesn't really matter. It's like standing on the scale. Whatever you weigh is what you weigh. Wanting to believe you weigh something different is just an illusion. And so, we have to be willing to accept reality as where we are. And then whatever changes need to occur in order to um, actually make changes. And and then people need to ask more questions about money. Money is something to me where I've always been fascinated by is like, why is this such a private conversation? I understand mechanically why it's private because unfortunately there's, you know, jealousy and greed and theft and, and all of those um, corruption concepts. However, uh, when we, when we remain silent and talking about money, what happens is, is, people become less and less educated around ideas of money and wealth building. And so um, people have to be more willing to talk about it and ask questions rather than feel like they have to live with their insecurities of not being educated.
1: It's out of clarity. So like when you, you fear the unknown and you yeah. fear not being clear about something. So us, our inability to actually talk about money or speak on the, on the topic has kind of fostered this uh, uneasiness about
3: it. So you're absolutely right.
0: And, and things that we all talk about openly on a regular basis, we don't fear. Right. And also I think what's fascinating is, is that we live in like the distribution age, right? Like we're, we're, we were in digital and now we're really in distribution because everything is being distributed from a knowledge standpoint today on the internet. There is almost nothing that is a secret in life or that is private, that is knowledge based. So everything that is available is transcribed somewhere on the internet and available to anyone in America. And therefore, um, even if you're not willing to ask another person, the, the ability to gain um, financial education and multiple financial opinions is available today because of the internet, because of distribution, right. right? And so the number one thing that people can do in order to build wealth is actually invest in themselves, and hopefully, what does that mean? well, yeah. Hopefully, that means that if someone who's listening to a podcast is taking the time to invest in themselves, because they're investing in their own knowledge, right. in order to ideally become the person that they that they aspire to be. And so, um, investing in yourself in 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 really the things that matter, kind of like we talked about, the small hinges lift, uh, swing big doors. The idea that. There are some things that disproportionately matter more. Right. And a lot of those are um, the things that people should be investing in themselves. You know, that's health. That's you mentioned sleep off air that that's financial education. Um, So I'm
1: hearing they need to be educationally based.
0: Yeah. So
1: you have to be able to to like learn the the one thing that I'm learning from rich folks is they gamify everything. So like the game, yeah, like what is the game uh, Mm -hmm. to build wealth? Because I see more and more people doing it and I see them continuing to do it, which tells me it's a system. Yeah. It's a model. And so you just have to take the opportunity to learn what those systems and models are.
0: Yeah. And, and so we have to understand first that wealth, if for the sake of this conversation, is having more recurring revenue every month than expenses. So, like, how much perpetual income are you getting, um, ideally, through your investments, that is greater than your expenses? So that if you became unable to work tomorrow, do you have enough recurring income from your investments? Or, or through something you've done in the past in order to be greater than your current rate of expenses. And it, there needs to be a surplus between that recurring income and expenses because, unfortunately, inflation will continue to happen in the future, and right. so your expenses will continue to go up. So your recurring revenue needs to continue going up. That is the first break because
1: yeah. when I hear that, that is recurring revenue money coming in to you, regardless if you work or not. That's right. And what the most people, what they hear is, okay, I get a paycheck. And does that paycheck, does the does that paycheck more than your expenses? But what you're saying is you have this money come in and regardless if you have a paycheck. That's
2: right. That's right. What's the difference between that? That's huge. Is there a difference between that? reoccurring income and passive income?
0: Well, I think passive income is a lie for the most part. And and I say that only because what's sexy is the idea of passive income. My experience is that nothing is passive. And by that, I mean, you're going to have to invest some amount of time or some thought to it. Right. I mean, even my rental properties that are managed by property managers are not 100% passive. The goal is is how is to have the highest rate of return per hour for either mental time or like actual like time that I have to spend to generate that income. So um, even that means like I just got a letter in the mail about a, my mailbox fell off of one of them. Still gonna have to do something with that letter in the mail and go figure out how to go you know either send that to the property manager or figure out how to get a, a mailbox onto that that uh rental property so they're not entirely passive however um having people be involved as like intermediaries makes them more passive i just think passive income is too sexy and it is like
1: even like if we have we have a profit share keller Williams. yeah so and people tout that as passive to me that's not passive i gotta go meet with an agent I got to sit down. I got to buy them lunch. I got to build a relationship that takes energy and, and time to, to to do that. Yep. Then it becomes passive. But I had to put in work in order to get that, to build that relationship.
0: Correct. Yeah. There's no such thing Like, is, is terrible as I hate cliches. Um, there are a lot of wisdom in them and that like concept of no free lunch, right? Is that you still had to invest Um, time in exchange for money or knowledge in exchange for money. But the knowledge came from investing the time or the experience in order to do that. So my thing is, I I don't think that passive income for the most part um, exists. The goal then becomes is really how do you make the highest dollar per hour of whether that's how much um, thought you've given it or um, actual physical energy time you've, you've invested into something. And so it's just that it's not nearly as sexy to say passive income is like the clickbait for everything right around wealth mm-hmm. building. And the goal is to make passive income right. or to make it as, as passive as humanly possible.
2: Or adding like layers of people. Between, That's right. So or layers like of automation. Some, yeah. Somebody else is getting that letter about your mailbox mm-hmm. for your rental property. And maybe you just have to say yes to a mailbox. Correct.
0: Correct, but you would have had to have done something initially to to most likely trade time or thought for it. And even then, like I'm still learning about rental property investing, so I'm still trading some time and some consumption for it. However, it's just not nearly as unenjoyable as it was doing the physical work to have to be able to go out and buy them. Mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm leveling up my problem of my time investment. Um, and so, so wealth being is the recurring revenue concept and then, uh, money is we've had, you know, we've had our money podcast, right? About like what money is, but for the sake of this conversation, I think it's important to realize that money is the exchange of trust, right? Right. In America, we have the, we have the fortunate pleasure of having the world's reserve currency, which means that when we exchange $1 for, um, an item of value that is a dollar, that we trust that that dollar is going to still be worth a dollar tomorrow, not a dollar and ten cents, or not ten cents, or twenty dollars. Right? Is that there's a, there's a level of exchange trust between um, the the cash, the money that we exchange, and um, and whatever good or service we're we're buying in exchange for that. Okay, so money really is nothing other than a vehicle. Or the intermediary um, trust agreement for someone to, to buy something. You realize that like when you buy a house, how how long does it take to actually like buy the house legally? Well, it depends on the semantics, right? Is that the, the deed doesn't get recorded by the county and public until oftentimes a month later. Right. So the the exchange of trust happens when the paper is signed and the money has been exchanged. Right. And so money is nothing more than a medium of exchange for trust. And and so we want more money because that means we just get to exchange trust for more things. And, and so once we get to some of those like definitions out of the way, when it comes to wealth building, then I thought that what we should under be thinking about is, is like, why do we want more money? Right. What, what, what are the things that money brings us? And so I asked myself the question of like, what have I bought in the last two weeks? that made me smile or what do I love spending money on? And so I'm going to ask you guys that question is what do you love spending money on?
2: I want to know your answer first.
0: (laughs) Oh, this is cheating. All right, fine. Um, I I have several. Do you do? Okay. I said, um, hotels. I like nice hotel rooms. Nice. Yeah. Like for whatever reason I will spend more money. I will upgrade for a better hotel room and I don't know why, but I do. Um, I will spend money on horsepower like if I have the option to drive, like
1: I'm the same. Right. So you gotta have, I don't want the V six. I want the Hellcat. That's right. That's right. Right. Like for whatever
0: reason, that's something that brings me, even if I'm not even going to drive it to the extreme that it needs to be driven, damn it. If it can, then I want it. And, um, and it's always been that way. Um, a cleaning lady. I just like a clean house. Yeah. Um, Amen. for something about like, I think that's why I like upgraded hotels as well is because there's something that's like peaceful and organized and orderly that is calming about a clean home and a clean hotel. And, um, and then I like to spend money on things that are convenient. I like to spend money on my house, um, on clothes, even if they're not like suits because i don't wear them anymore um i still yeah. will spend money on clothes for whatever reason um yeah here you need them i don't but i don't want to spend them on like name brand stuff i just will like spending them on things that i like clearly oh, yeah. i'm wearing a bitcoin that's s- a, cool, yeah, that's just cool. a shirt yeah, it's right a here life. and it was probably like 30 bucks or something yeah. however i like um i will spend 30 dollars on that before i'll spend it on something else um and then dates Lauren and I go out every, usually every Friday or Saturday, and I like to spend that, spending money on us going out brings me happiness, even if like yesterday we spent $50. So it doesn't have to be elaborate, but I do enjoy doing something with her. So that's something that I spend money on that makes me happy. Now you go cards. I know it. Number yeah, one.
2: That was a given. I was going to do things except cards because that everybody will know <laughs> like, oh, he's just going to say cards. Um, but what hey, else, I did, bro? I did cop some cards though recently. actually. <laughs> Um recently um was on a flight and I upgraded to preferred seating so I had more okay. leg room. I was like, I like having leg room. Once you yeah. do that, you're like, why what? haven't
1: I been mm-hmm. doing? Exactly. This? I'm like an extra <laughs> twenty,
2: thirty bucks. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. I was like, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um and then paying for um going out to eat. Love it. If I'm ever like all about that. And then also, I was going to say clothing. I recently got an Instagram ad for these shirts, and they're from True Fit. This podcast is sponsored by True Fit. Uh, like <laughs> not, not, not ours. They're not yeah. paying us. Not uh, Not yet. Uh, yeah. The fit was true. I, I it was I, true. Yeah, true I put it on, and I was like, it truly fits. It's a true it was, fit. I was like, this is a nice shirt, and so I've got that, and another brand of shirt that I buy. I've got like eight of the exact same shirts. And similar with jeans, I just kind of like buying things that I know are going to work and fit. So that clothing, more legroom, cards.
0: So, food. so could I call the legroom convenience? convenient? Yeah, totally. Right. It's like convenience or comfort. Yep.
1: Um, the things I spent money on um, this week uh, that I really um, enjoyed. So I have a guy that cuts my grass. And I have a lady that cleans my house. You do
0: love those two things. I you do definitely love those talk things. about how much you love those two. What things.
1: What it does is, I'm, I actually used to uh, be like um, very material driven, and so uh, by doing that, it's insatiable, and you tend to I burn yeah. it out and so it burned out pretty bad. So tell me
0: more about that by the way cuz that's profound. And I, that like when we think about wealth building, that's actually t- largely one of the keys that people have to get past. So yeah. tell me tell me more about it. When you say it's insatiable, what does it's that mean? It's
1: insatiable. So like if you're like we had I had, I had cars and had a nice house and clothes and and you can never get enough of that stuff. And so if you're constantly seeking to get that, you'll never stop. Yeah. And you'll burn out. It's because it's kind of like, you know, whatever that is that you're that hole that you're trying to fill within yourself isn't real. So um, you have to kind of change that from a, a mindset perspective. So I have shifted to where I want my money to buy me time.
0: Yeah. So I can say then that if you chase like like accumulation of things that are material and value there's never enough there's never enough because there's an unlimited amount of things that you could acquire in your lifetime that will never bring you the like actual sustainable high of 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 acquiring more
1: but i found Mm -hmm. that when i pull up to my house and my grass is cut Mm -hmm. yeah and my house is clean there's a level of like anxiety or like i can spend time with what's important to me which is my family Mm -hmm. i can focus on my craft and my business so typically that's what happened like i went from a consumer mindset where like i was chasing a material materialistic things and now man like a great day um man is just you know what? I spent money on a dinner and we had all the kids come in and they all came and hung out and I got to spend uh last weekend hanging out with all the kids. So to me that is kind of what has changed. Um man, I've I have been um anyway, I keep going. That's, no, that's- no, I, <laughs> I I'm I'm with you like
0: yeah. th- there I mean there's even like uh, you know, sections of like Reddit or Instagram or social media of like organization porn, you know, like yeah. the idea that like actually there is psychology around having those things done and having them be orderly. So I don't, I think that Bro, it makes perfect sense. It is
1: such like when I come home, I can literally feel yeah. the endorphin. The same I know. I, I agree it's with crazy. you. It's crazy. I'm like, yes, the house is clean. Closet's organized. Yeah, It's, like, all, it's great. So, so it's one at. less thing that I, when you're an executive, it's the one less thing that you have to worry about yeah. or think about. Does that make sense? you guys know? 100%
0: talking. it is. Uh, tell me besides the mowing and, and cleaning, what else do you, what else brings you happiness to spend money on?
1: Uh, oh, you alluded to this, giving money away. Yeah. So um, I grew up poor. We got a little, I got to the point where I got a little bit of money and then almost lost everything again. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm getting to the, to the point where, you know, money is good again. And so what that does is it changes your perspective because when you, when you have perceived everything and you lose it. So when someone, when, when you have everything and then you lose it, you realize Twenty. Somebody giving you twenty dollars is really precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That twenty dollars means way more to you when you're down than it does to you when you're up. Yeah. So if I can if I can like bless somebody and say, look, you know, here's a hundred bucks. I know you're not. You know, da, da 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 da. They think, oh my gosh, that's great. But I know what it felt to receive that twenty bucks yeah. or that hundred bucks, and so that gives me a sense of like joy. Mm-hmm. if that makes love. sense
0: absolutely it does do i love that you know it actually kind of um, helps me understand a little bit better as well gary keller made a comment recently um, on a on a couple of different presentations where i heard him talk about like you never get a um devalue uh a, the value of 100 dollars you don't get to choose what a hundred dollars is worth to someone else. Therefore you don't get to choose to waste it or be wasteful with it. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of sounds, you know, like nice, but what does that mean? And Gary speaks in parable anyway. And so um, that makes that make more sense is that you have no, you could use that $100 to give it away instead rather than to be wasteful with it because you have no idea what impact it will have for someone else. To go out and better their life, save their life, multiply it, whatever that means.
1: Yeah, I, I think I told you the story. Like one time my wife, we needed to get a tire for her car for her car. And I was like, ah, let's just go buy you a new car. And we bought her a brand new Mercedes, right? And so when you have no money, you don't just go buy a brand new Mercedes. Like to go fix a tire and you're tired and you have no money, <laughs> that that feels different than it does yeah. when you're at a different. Uh, part of your uh, season in your in your life and career. For sure. The so weight is so much heavier on
0: not not being able to replace it than it is on actually just go replace the whole damn vehicle itself. Yeah, just yeah, hey, yeah. sure. buy a new car. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I asked the question then as well is what does money mean to you?
1: You want to go 1st
2: trying to think of some quippy answer, but some, I, some I don't pithy. have one yet. Um, money means... Uh, f- freedom of okay. like freedom p- from what, um, freedom in, in your head space, like where you're not having to think about money. So if you have, so could money,
0: I call that peace of mind? There it is. Yeah. Okay. And so what does it give you peace of mind from,
2: um, if something breaks, you can fix it. Okay. If life happens, you can fix it. If, so- if somebody needs some money, you can give them some money. If like life happens, you can typically cover it. And it doesn't even have to be that much. Like if you, I mean, from my perspective, like if we just have 5,000 set aside for an emergency, <clears throat> that's just peace of mind. I, I feel like then it's like, yep. oh, our air conditioning goes out, we can cover it. So it's just the peace of mind yeah, that you get. And that's it.
1: relative. So like yeah. some people, you know, they'll have that amount of money, but oh man, I only have X. Yeah. So like, correct, correct. <laughs> I would have
0: no peace of mind. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah That's true.
1: So like, that's the thing that's really kind of the, 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 the caveat here mm-hmm. is like, there's some people that are operating in different, um, commas. Yeah. They're just, uh, yeah. everybody's yeah. operating in different commas. So what and is there's money? Some people go ahead. No, no, no go. I
2: what?
1: was going to say, and there's some people like and getting clarity around, okay. Can we all get on the same page? So then we can be in them extra commas. I'm trying to be in those commas. Me and you are trying to be in those commas. Trying to get in the three comma club. (laughs) Trying to get in the comma club.
0: (laughs) What does money give? What does money mean to you, Mike?
1: (sighs) To me, I see money as resources. I see money like water and I see money like like there's um, resources to do what? Well, i look at money literally as water. Like if you look at uh, the world and you look at where resources are, you look at where water is. And typically water, I know this is kind of abstract. If you look, it's literally there's a coalition. So if we, if, if we collectively are a body, each one of us are an individual body, money is like blood in the body. It's okay. the resources. So um, to me, what it does is it allows me to function. Okay. Like with the lack of, if I take my finger and I take a, a string and I do this, it's going to turn blue. and It's going to die. Yeah. Right. So um, money is, that blood is resources to that finger. And so I look at is, I look at wealth and money as the bare minimum, to function.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. I'm going to paraphrase. Adam always says that money is a tool. And I think that's what you're saying is money is is just a resource or a tool, right? That says I can use it to navigate life however I want to navigate it.
1: Absolutely. Whether I want to do it big or whether I want to, you know, live in a tiny home in Florida, whatever I want to do.
0: So then when you get more resources, what does that give you?
1: Uh for like it depends on your season in your life. Like for me, I wanna buy time. Like I wanna I wanna be done. Like yeah. I wanna like I want a legacy. I want if some if I get hit by a bus, my family's taken care of, I'm able to like help other people, uh post- like, you know, um when I'm not here.
0: Okay. Um It's interesting. I asked the question to people in in trying to think about this and, you know, and I also tried to go introspectively and understand to me what money is in order to to really try to like distill down wealth building into a more simplistic um, concept. And what I realized was that money is security for me today. Similar to that peace of mind concept you talked about is like money gives me the mental security that it will, that like, if something is needed, that I'll have provision. And then um, I think there was a point in time, though, when money meant validation. I think that when people are looking for material possessions, they're, they're social signaling for validation. Totally. Totally. Right. And there's a phase in life where I think that oftentimes people go through and hopefully the sooner you get out of it, the better, because um, what you'll realize is that when you get all the money that you need and all the things that you need, it is still empty. You still have to get more, 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 more. The endless pursuit of more is what actually causes yeah. the suffering. And so not requiring money as validation or getting through that money as validation state will get you sooner to having a, a more healthy, sustainable relationship with money. And I, and I find that oftentimes money, it, it is peace of mind and security for people. Once you're past the validation phase.
3: Yeah. As, yeah. Am I
0: enough? Am I successful? Am, yeah, I, am the I better house, than the fancy
1: car? Got the egos yeah. The ego stuff. Yeah.
2: I, I think too, though, it's like when you look at the uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs, once you've got, money, just the shelter, out. Yeah, the food and the shelter, shelter and then you move up and you've got <laughs> enough to like maintain food and shelter and have a surplus. Then you can start working. Then, then you're not thinking about Uh, I've got to make sure I get some money to go pay these bills. I need to go pay the daycare. I need to pay this. Oh, I still worry about that stuff. And then it's like... We we have
0: a surplus, and I still worry about
2: those things. I think you just worry about a lot of things. That's probably true. So this
0: is the interesting then follow-up question that goes, do you you want to get money because you're more afraid of being poor or because you want to um, be really wealthy?
1: Hmm. For me... I've been there. I ain't doing that shit again.
0: So you don't want to be poor.
1: I don't want to do that again. I'm with
0: you, bro. I've been We're, there. How about you?
2: Um, I See, so you know what? This is an interesting question because I've been poor. I mean, relative to you guys, I am poor. So no, you're, that. you're
1: me and you. <laughs> and, uh,
2: but uh, what I was thinking, though, is like I know how to be. I think because I've gone through the season uh, yeah. where, like, somebody gave me $20 and I was like, all right this is gonna fucking last me all week. this is <laughs> yeah i'm a mcdonald yeah. i'm and, a and millionaire baby yeah, and you dude. figure out how to make 20 bucks last all week. yeah, yeah. you make it work and so it's like that's true so then i've got a chip on my shoulder where i feel like i'm like i can do that i can yeah. make it work like it's i and i've figured out how to like get out of the situation that i put mm-hmm. myself in before and i'm like i think i could bounce back from it but i also don't want to be i mean i'd yeah. love to not deal with So you,
0: I'm going to say that you're more motivated by like, by becoming rich or wealthy than by, um, avoiding being poor because it was really clear to Mike and I, that we don't like, I know for sure that that was more of a motivator for me.
1: uh, Being poor is just, you're anxious. Yeah. Yeah. You're always anxious. I also know what I've
0: given up and sacrificed and had and done Mm -hmm. to to have some semblance of, of wealth. And therefore I don't want to go do that again. (laughs) I worked really hard. I traded a lot of my, my, (laughs) I traded a lot of my late twenties and early thirties. I traded a decade of, of sacrifices for uh, a lot of where I am today. And I got lucky on a lot of things. I don't want to try to go play the luck and, and energy yeah, game ask me, all ask over me again, again, like
2: five to seven years. Yeah. Then. And that's the
1: thing. Yeah. It changes. Yep. It totally does. It changes. So I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I totally agree.
0: with you. Like I wanted a boat, right? Like that, that to me was like, yep. I want to be, I wanted to, to be rich. I sold that boat. I can afford a boat. I don't have a boat because I don't want to be poor. Right, and right, so right, I don't go I don't spend it on things that I could spend it on because I'm more trying to run away from that pain yeah, than I am yeah. try to get the pleasure part
1: I am totally trying like that is I guess I don't know what it's I don't really know what it's like to be I mean granted relative I mean there's relatively yeah. speaking but you know wealthy but um there's definitely like from an energy perspective, it takes a lot more energy to be poor because Mm -hmm. if I have to figure out how to come up with $20, the the thought is different than if I, you know, if I have money, you don't think about it. And it's that cumulative, like gymnastics where you have to like figure out how to do this and figure out how to, that becomes exhausting.
0: How to stretch $20 for a week is gymnastics. That's right. To live
1: in that perpetual state day in, yeah. day out, yeah. is exhausting. That's right. And so, like, I I don't want to ever go back to that. So that's the reason why, you know, I. it's just like learning. Like, okay, if I did it this way and it came this way, okay, now next time I'm not going to do that, yeah. you know, you know, just for that reason. So, so.
0: one thing I want then the listener to understand is that everyone is crazy and no one is crazy in the sense that... Money is this incredibly complicated and um, adaptive like concept that changes all the time for everyone. And that might be one of the reasons why it's not discussed openly in that there are times in which money is important because you want to be really wealthy and you want validation and social acceptance.
1: And that's okay. And that's okay. I mean, if that's what Correct. you want, that's cool. I that's mean, I know, okay. I know we've kind of talked about how... The, the pitfalls to that. Yeah. If you're in that season, that's fine, but you're gonna to wanna to come out of that. Correct. All we're saying is Correct. because there is no like the end of that there is there's is is no end.
0: That's right. <laughs> and 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 so understand too that when you're thinking about leading people is they're also gonna have their own psychology with money. And there and and knowing how to motivate people with their psychology of money can be very valuable i know that i've in the past, i've had somebody try leading me by like talking about doing something really well and then me then me getting a, a giant windfall of money and i'm like you i know you you and i don't know each other then. right because you're trying not, to get me somewhere that i'm not even trying to go right and and so that doesn't inspire me that might inspire you but it doesn't mean it inspires me. We're trying to go two totally different places here. And so understanding someone's psychology of money, when you think about it from a leadership perspective, can be really impactful, right? Is maybe there are people who want to make, like I know that if we asked Lauren, because I've asked her this, what she wants money for is she would give it, she would give every dollar on the planet earth away if it were, if she had it. Because that is what like brings her the most happiness is giving experience away for someone else. And so that means that as if I'm leading someone like her, then everything that production-wise or, or income-wise is going to be driven to how it fulfills that bigger vision her of how she sees money as a resource, right. the resource to better someone else's life.
2: Ten yeah. years ago, would you have had that same mentality do you think
0: the mentality of which part
2: of money not being your motivator
0: no i think money no money for me was a validation thing okay yeah money for me was uh because i was really i mean i'm still really competitive but not in an unhealthy way as much Mm -hmm. anymore i don't think um i think money was the scoreboard of 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 competitiveness and so the validation came because in the in business competition, oftentimes money becomes the measurement. Yeah. And, and
2: you get and awards for it. It's the state. currency.
0: you literally does. get awards yeah, for yeah. it. That's right. You literally get yeah. measured and ranked in the wall yeah. street journal by money. Right. And yeah. therefore it is quite literally, it's like points in basketball. Right. And so um, the validation part was you needed money in order to be validated in success from a business perspective and um and that doesn't drive me as much now don't get me wrong like do you think it's because you got it yes yes 100 percent. if i hadn't gotten it then i wouldn't have quit trying to get it Mm -hmm. but that's just me i don't know some people don't some people keep going yeah correct yeah yeah. and i mean and i still obviously keep going i just what what i realized was that year one like when i was the number one agent then i was then we were number one team what i realized was that like that was pretty badass. We celebrated pretty hard because it was because we had, we accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, but then I woke up on January first and realized I got to go do this again. You do it again, like yeah. when you win a Super Bowl, you got to go win another one. Otherwise, you only you're you you get elected in the Hall of Fame if you if you get lucky as the guy who got one Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't
1: put too many people in there to just get one. That's right. That's right. So then you, you, it's like,
0: you, oh, you got to go get another one then, yeah. which means as much as you had to do last year, you're going to have to do more now to go get, tar, it get it again. It That's right. Yeah, I know. So, now you, so then doing it and then going, okay, cool. Now now we're not a one-hit wonder. All right, check. Like That will like shed some layer of mental and emotional business success pressure. Nice. And then knowing that every year um, that we've always consistently improved takes a lot of that energy out of it.
1: Yeah, it's totally like it. I don't. I, I always use the adage: "It's easy to to get on top. Try staying on top." That's right. You got to stay on top, and everybody's getting better, so you can't keep doing what it is that got you on top. You got to yeah. improve. You got to get better. Yeah. Right. I mean,
0: listen. I don't have the same I, like. To, to maybe even further emphasize your question, Tyler, I, I talked to a guy who um, their team earned like four and a half million or something in commission last year or this okay. year they're going to, right? Legit. Yeah, he's legit. And so, like, yeah, put it in perspective.
2: What's 20? the average agent or for average team? Uh, yeah,
0: put that in perspective. Yeah. yeah. So, think that we're like a top one, two, or three in, a, in our area and we'll do about 2.1 to 2.2. And we're talking about someone else doing double that. (laughs) Um, So, so that, yeah, really strong. And in that conversation, I think three years ago or, or four years ago, five years ago, I would have been intimidated or felt as though I was like, there would have been a weird competitive, probably I would have felt some sort of internal competitive pull. Mm -hmm. Like, like I was the little kid at Thanksgiving, not sitting at the like adult table. however in that conversation there was zero pull for validation because i've already decided that i've already been i'm already validated and i'm already like i've defined i decided that i've already met my own definition of success and therefore i could go into that conversation with zero like insecurity about whether or not that I was enough to have the yeah,
2: conversation. You're playing a different game at this point. I'm playing
0: a totally different game because now um, it's not about whether the, I have. A, I'm playing from a deficit. Yeah. So now I can just shove and actually like have a normal human conversation, and then also be excited when I probably was more excited for him at four and a half million than he yeah. is.
2: That's yeah, because he's living it.
0: Correct, right. and I'm like, that's badass. Do you want? How long has it been since you stopped to celebrate that? Yeah. Right. You know, like yeah. totally a different dynamic yeah. uh, because there's not that need to be validated anymore.
1: Right.
3: Yeah.
0: And, and so it and that takes the, the weight, man. That's like, right. To, to be
1: honest with you, this is all about like lift like that weight management. And if you can go into this at two and a half million and you're light as a feather, yeah. you're going to make decisions that are. That's, you know, what you're doing. That's
0: right, because you're not trying to make them from a deficit thinking. You're actually making them objectively. You know, it's really interesting that you can find on YouTube, there's a clip of Bo Jackson teaching hitting and talking to like a little kid at like spring training like 10 years ago maybe or something. And this kid's, you know, like eight or something. I will promise you that an eight-year-old doesn't know who Bo Jackson is, right? (laughs) And so Bo Jackson's talking to this eight-year-old kid about hitting and about baseball, and this kid has no idea who Bo Jackson is. And so Bo's able just to like talk to him, but this kid does not care about the fact that he's talking to arguably yeah. the greatest living athlete of all time. Right. Yeah. Cause this, this kid doesn't need validation from Bo Jackson right. about whether or not, uh, right. the kid, the eight year old is, is enough. Right. That's the place you want to get to from a monetary perspective, yeah. which means you got to get out of the validation phase. You
1: got to get out of it. Act to be honest with you. It's, it actually, it, Will it? It'll help you fall down because you got to keep all that stuff going, and that in itself becomes becomes, stress and a challenge in itself.
0: That's right. The weight of trying to 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 keep it all going actually is um, holding people back. That's right. And and so when we think about um, when we think about wealth building, I think it's uh, it's important to understand the difference between like price and cost and value, because the odd dynamics of psychology around, around you just breaking stuff, Tyler, Um, the odd dynamics of, um, of money are that there's price, which is what you pay for something. There's cost, which is like the economic impact of generating an output or an outcome. And then there's value. Like what is something worth to you? Best example is, is if, if you don't prioritize um, hotels Like, like I do, then a Motel 6 might have the same value that a room at the Ritz Carlton does. Right. Therefore, you're likely not willing to like pay the price that a a Ritz is asking because it's not, it doesn't have that much value. You don't value it. That's right. It's not
1: worth that to you.
0: That's right. And the weird thing about value is, is value is completely subjective to everyone. And, and so when we think about um, building wealth, what we realize is that the path to building wealth is actually value creation. Are we solving problems for the world that people value that they're willing to exchange money for? So are you, are you in order to get more money, in order to build wealth, you have to generate value to the world?
1: It's a numbers game. You have to have more value you have to have more coming in than you got going out.
0: <laughs> that's right. And if you want to make the most amount of money, you have to create the most amount of value for society. So a good example would be is that the two wealthiest people um, on, on the planet right now, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. Elon Musk created value by, um, making, pay, by making payment services more convenient with PayPal. Then created um, value to the world by making um, electric cars attainable for, for the middle class and upper middle class. Um, therefore like he created value by having a really fast car that also is electric. Um, and then obviously Jeff Bezos, Amazon, um, I would say there's a lot of people who find Amazon to be quite valuable in the service that they offer from Amazon web service to Amazon, the consumables, um, the, the video distribution, all the umbrella products of Amazon. Jeff Bezos had to give value to society right. in order to get money and wealth in exchange. Right. So when you think about creating wealth or you have to think about how will you give value to the world? Okay. What comes to mind when you think about ways in which people can give value to the world?
1: Uh, there's all kinds of ways to give value to the world. Um, that's just doing something and not expecting anything in return. That is um, that, that I, you can't use the word add value, but that makes makes um lives easier,
0: yeah, one hundred percent you know it's interesting we had this discussion um when when talking about it was the idea you know how old wheels on um rolling luggage are <laughs> like we, we just that, like,
1: talked about like I remember when luggage didn't have wheels like we would just like carry. luggage around and like wonder who was the first person to say i'm gonna put wheels right like (laughs) i
0: think about the fact that like who the hell woke up and thought like that they should just keep carrying a bag or luggage through an airport it was heavy It it
1: was like huge
0: and so that's the point though of value is the person who comes along and says hey i'm gonna solve this problem where you no longer have to carry this bag this luggage because i'm gonna put wheels on it is someone who's adding value to society because it's making something more convenient or less cumbersome
1: and they're rich uh, as they should be
0: That's right was <laughs> able to carry though, Amy's luggage right? <laughs> What what's interesting though is, is that that would t- 100 years ago that like the wheel existed bags existed uh, yet no one was putting bags onto no one was putting wheels onto bags a century ago Because that wasn't a big enough problem for society to solve. Right. Right. Is when, when there wasn't indoor plumbing and when there wasn't, um, you know, vaccines for, um, for, you know, smallpox or whatever the, whatever the, um, larger issue at hand was at that time, there was zero reason to go solve the problem of putting wheels onto luggage. Right. And so it's solving problems that, that um, everyone experiences or that the masses experience. And when you solve it, people will, will deem that to be valuable is what creates money. Right. um, Disproportionately. So creating, creating value to society is how you get more money, which then I think people have to understand that because then if you're looking for an opportunity to go make money, figure out what people will deem to be most valuable at scale Right. So, some of the things that I think um, you have to then understand is what do you believe? What do you believe about the world today and the world in the future? You don't have to be right, but you have to have an idea of what you think the future will look like. And so, some things that that I believe the future will look like is that I wrote down were that um, that those uh, who were paying attention. This is a, a Andy Grove. Um, quote but it says those that were paying attention perceived the internet as a 20-foot tidal wave where everyone else was in a kayak the fundamental rules of technology say that whatever can be done will be done technology happens it's neither good nor bad it's just happening steel is not good nor bad it just happened and i believe that technology will continue to innovate whether we like it or not Therefore, I believe that if you're thinking about building wealth, one of the ways to do it is to um, understand that technology is going to continue to become more and more pervasive. And therefore, um, either investing in time or money into technology is likely going to create a multiplying return. Okay, So I believe that innovation will continue to occur whether there's regulation or not. It won't Mm -hmm. matter. I also believe that to create a housing shortage in a country uh, the size of america that's that was once covered in trees um, with a uh, relatively small population compared to land mass is pure is pure political genius. How it's possible to have a housing housing shortage in this country is pure genius
1: yeah it's yeah all this land like how can that even be like, I'm, you know, you got, I got field behind my house. Like I think we'd be able to build a house back
0: there. That's right. And so the fact that we're still building houses with, with uh, wood, with lumber, and the fact that there, we still have an abundance of land to build houses on, um, tells me that I believe that we're not anywhere closer to solving the affordable housing shortage than we were, um, 100 years ago. And so I believe that, Um, Investing into a housing shortage could be a good place to build wealth. Heck yeah. And I also believe that never before has there been a generation that's been blessed with so much opportunity and yet demanded so much more from every other generation and been so um, unwilling to share with future generations than the boomer generation. And I know that's going to offend someone. And yet the facts, the numbers, the data says that there's never been a generation who had more and yet, whose future generation will have less? Every generation in American history has more for their future generation and their children than they had. And yet, all of the policies, for the most part, disproportionately benefit boomer generations while um, expensing and putting more burden onto um, Gen Z or and the next generation. Yeah, right. Is someone eventually will pay for Social Security? But it won't be the people who use it.
1: Yeah, they're gone.
0: That's right. Someone yeah. will eventually pay for all of the stimulus money that we've printed for the last um, three decades. But it won't be um, the people who voted for it and advocated for it. Yeah, and it's and,
1: funny. Like the 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 things that are being done in now are going to be paid for by future generations. You remember that um, uh, that building that just fell down in Florida? Yeah. Like the guy that was cutting corners in the '70s to build that, he's gone. That's he, right. He put the money in his pocket. In mm-hmm. 2021, the building fell down. He didn't have to pay for that.
0: That's right. And, <laughs> and so, as a byproduct of that, what I believe is, um, is that the the generation who has the most and who has demonstrated the most unwillingness to um, compromise or sacrifice for future generations will continue that pattern of behavior. And therefore, um, investing into memory care facilities or investing into quality of life or long-term um, uh, quality of life um, or provisions that benefit um, boomers is a great investment for the next two decades. I believe that, that boomers will be, continue to get older every day and become less mobile every day. As a byproduct, if I also then believe in um, housing shortages, I should then buy ranches only. Mm -hmm. because I believe that boomers will get older every day and become less mobile. And I also believe then that they'll become less adept at using iPhones. And then therefore they won't invest into crypto because they won't understand the direction of innovation. And that's a way to make disproportionate wealth. Right. And so you have to understand what do you believe about the world that can help shape the way that you um, create value or the way that your money creates more value. Because once you understand what you believe about the world today and what it will look like in the future, then um, you can understand how do you become an expert or how do you become knowledgeable in those fields of like study or in your beliefs that will um, allow you to become more passionate and then more wealthy. So I also believe in climate change, but I don't, I'm not educated enough in climate change and I'm not passionate enough about it. And so I don't, go out and like invest Research, greatly yeah. in it. Yeah. however um we were talking about it earlier off airs like i invested in a company that does um carbon ta- that does carbon credits and the reason why i am willing to do that is because what i believe is that um corrupt that, cor- that corporations choose oftentimes to um, do what's most convenient for shareholders not what's right for the um society at large right And so investing in a company that goes and acquires um, carbon um, offsets aligns with my thesis that um, corporations prioritize shareholders over society. And and so understanding how you believe about the world helps shape how you most effectively build wealth.
1: What gives you that extra little rocket fuel is you have the passion. Like you might not be like, you know, hugging trees, but you like sticking it to the man. So therefore, that is true. it aligns with your value proposition so then you well, can get behind it. The name the of government.
0: this podcast is disruptive for a reason, <laughs> yes. right? Like, yeah. Because the idea truly of disrupting the way things have been done for innovation and for improvement and to do what's right, not what um, disproportionately benefits you know, one, one legacy system. Quo, that's right.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's been going on.
0: That's right. And so, so I think that for the listener, they have to understand then when it comes to wealth building, what they are passionate about and what they believe about the world. Right. It's like, I know I was talking with one of our agents the other day and she talked about how she wanted to do this um, promotion for mother's day and for a new mothers and something to do with mothers. Listen, it's not my area of expertise, obviously it's not something that I'm wildly passionate about, I do believe that mothers will continue to prioritize their children over likely everything else. And therefore that's probably a pretty good place to invest some money in, but because I'm not passionate about it and I'm not an expert, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole of trying to figure it out unless all of a sudden somehow it intersects with something that I believe and I'm passionate about.
1: This is hard y'all. So like, If you're not passionate about it, if you're not wanting to get up in the middle, you know, in the morning to, you're not going to do it. And
0: and I think I want to give a caveat though to what you're saying, Mike, is is that if you, listen, there's a way to build wealth, the slow way. And then there's a way to build wealth, the multiplying faster way. The slow way is that you exchange, that um, that you take, you know, whatever total investable money or assets you have, and then you um, adjust it for risk, and then you have patience. right? If you don't want to be passionate about anything, you don't want to go learn anything, you don't want to believe anything about the world, about the future, um, then do that. Go the patience route. Wait long enough to die with a certain amount of money. That, that'll work. right? You just go buy index funds. H- history will tell you that that's the best way to go do it. Is you just have patience, you whatever you have as a surplus, you just go park it in an index and wait and hope that you have enough surplus and you live long enough that one day you get to enjoy it. right. If you don't like that route, if that if you choose to be disruptive about wealth building, then it requires multiplication through like exponential opportunity. You have to believe exponentially in the opportunity by believing something about the world that will create. A exponential future genomics for instance will have a ridiculously exponential change on the future right i don't understand genomics well enough to pretend to go like invest in it right. however when you look at 23 Me, costing probably 70 to 100 dollars, or maybe even less um, versus what it took to sequence the very first genome i believe was in the multi-billions to right. sequence one genome now you can do that for somewhere under around $100. Crazy. It would be foolish for me to believe that that's not going to become disruptive in the future. Right. It would be foolish for us to believe that technology did not intersect with automobiles and that autonomous driving is not going to intersect with technology in the next f- three decades to create exponential wealth opportunity. Otherwise, we couldn't even look up and see Elon Musk as the wealthiest person in the world and and believe
1: that. It's just looking and seeing what's happening. That's right. It's just being aware, like, what's going on out there? I bet you that is going to be an opportunity. So how can I be passionate around it and find out ideas? And then guess what? Now that I'm passionate around it, I've got an understanding in it. Now I can go and invest in it.
0: You have to be curious about about trends of human behavior you have to believe in something in order and what you shouldn't believe in is everything in the past right because that's the rear view mirror trying to make money from the rear view mirror is like investing in a model t it works as a collector's item if you're trying to find a narrow target of people who want to buy model what's the next model t that's right because the Model T disrupted everyone who horse said that the buggy. horse and buggy was something for the, the was the best product on the market, right? right. And, and so when you think about disruptance and the concept of of our thesis. That's really truly what it's about is what is actually going to challenge status quo in the future. And then how do you leverage that to be the best version of yourself and to, to build the the most wealth for you, your family and society. Right. And so um, we have to understand that mathematics and wealth building is broken is because we're all taught addition and subtraction in first grade. And we've kept that into the, into wealth building. We've kept addition and subtraction for making money by, by adopting that first grade thinking around the idea of having patience. And I'm not sure who put that limitation on, on to people, but that, that addition sign, that plus sign can just be rotated 45 degrees and be a multiplication sign, right? It's because four plus four is eight, but four times four is 16. And I like 16 when it comes to wealth building way better than I like eight. Right. And so thinking from the perspective of multiplication as it pertains, that's right. As it pertains to wealth building instead of addition is what um, allows someone to actually then start to see opportunity. Yeah, Because understand that, that wealth building is no different than matchmaking in the sense that when you go on, if you were looking to date in today's world, most people are going to go to the internet Mm -hmm. and go, okay, farmers only match.com, whatever that is, right? You're going to say, this is my type. This is what I believe in is best for me. It is this height, this body type, this age, this, this gender, this nationality. uh, This is my thesis for what I think is best for me. And you're going to narrow down the focus of everyone on the planet to meet that criteria. You need to do the exact same thing with wealth building. You need to say, this is what I believe it will look like and what I believe is best for me and what I want in the future. And I need to narrow down my focus because what I want to think about is I want to think about multiplying it by focusing on things that actually multiply, not things that add and subtract. Right. Most people think about money making in addition and subtraction. Because they think, okay, I'm going to go buy, I'm going to, I need to make money and then I need to go buy a rental property. And then um, next year I'm going to buy another one. And then next year I buy another one right. or oh, six months from now I buy another one. And then I look up and I go, well, wait a minute. That's a really slow way to getting to where I want to go. There has to be a better way, right? Right. Somebody has to be doing something different. And so if someone else is doing something different, what do they know that I don't know? Right. Who do they know that I don't know? there's there is a shortcut there's a hack to doing it some some other way Um, and just having that curiosity around understanding that there is multiplying thinkers and then there's addition and subtraction Mm -hmm. at least creates the curiosity to narrow the focus about what you think the future looks like